Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to take a second and let you know about this amazing new product called MultiplayerSquad.com. It's the greatest new addition to gaming. Well, I mean practically life. It's sure to fill you with glee, help you make new friends, and expose you to all sorts of awesome memes. It's got the best community of gamers around, and more than that, it's the best way to help support the show and let us keep providing awesome content. What? I gotta read this disclaimer for legal reasons. Warning, MultiplayerSquad.com can cause feelings of joy, happiness, companionship, ownage, and all-around sense of being awesome. If you notice yourself acting more like Josh, please discontinue use immediately and seek professional help. Hey, who put that in there? Paul! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are two dads that love talking about gaming, and we release new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Since today is a Thursday, we are going to be breaking down this week in gaming. But first, we do need some introductions. I am your host, Paul. And then joining me, it's the man who murdered the winning game of the year. It's Josh. What? Why, why why you gotta do me like that, Paul? <laughs> I you know it's funny. Oh boy. I we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit, but I remember I don't know if I did it on air, but I do know that you and I were talking and I said we were talking about the games in twenty twenty one and the game of the year awards coming up and all that. And I do remember saying if I had to pick one that I think will win, it's going to be it takes two. And you kind of went, really? And I went, yeah, I mean, you know, looking at all the games, that's the one that stands out to me. And then as people do, they went, but Josh, you murdered that game in your deep dive. And I went, no, (laughs) I didn't. And then they pulled up like the history of it. And they and sure enough, I did murder it. And that's when I went, well, darn it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we deep dove it takes to quite a while ago you were not really a fan i i was kind of wondering if it's maybe like grown in favor over time because i thought it was fine i enjoyed it i liked it it was short i was more of the mindset that it wasn't necessarily worth a full price game but we have it number 43 out of 62 on our leaderboard we've got it below things like the cave and cuphead and gtfo so yeah, we were pretty down on It Takes Two, which ended up winning the whole thing. I think part of it is timing. Like There are times where we are just super busy and we have to kind of grind through a game for the show sometimes. And then there's yeah. times where we get to just take our time and kind of play what we want or a game really grabs us and we can't wait to hop in. And I think It Takes Two caught me in one of those periods where it's like, I didn't really want to play it a whole lot. And uh-huh. so I think that kind of like grouchiness <laughs> about having to play this game, it, it, it like might have affected my decision there. It's kind of like a book, right? I remember if you tell me, it doesn't matter if it's the best book in the world, because I do a lot of reading, right? If Josh, this is the best book in the world, but you have to read it. I'm instantly going to be like, kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And you know how it is. Like if you just play the game in a stressful time of life that sometimes seeps in and it can change your experience. You know, same with movies, right? Sometimes you just see a movie the first time and you hate it and then you watch it again and you're like, what on earth was I thinking? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now I don't know that you and I will ever dip our toes back into it takes two. I think probably not. (laughs) Um, but yes, we, we, we've got lots of thoughts on the 2021 gaming awards. We're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Whenever we do 
our This Week in Gaming episodes, we always like to talk about what we've been playing this week and then also talking about gaming news. And I know that this week, for you and me, and basically everyone else we know, we've all been playing the Halo campaign. Yeah, Halo campaign came out. uh, I jumped on it right away. And then unfortunately, I got super busy between work and house stuff. uh, And I got a total of like two hours of Halo campaign game time up until about two or three days ago, where I really got to sit down and play it for many hours. And man... It is great, Paul. <laughs> it <laughs> is so fun. deep dive it, I'm giving it a Mary right now. But <laughs> yes. Yeah. Some people had asked if we were going to do a whole separate deep dive on just the campaign. And, and the plan is no. So Josh and I have no problem sharing our thoughts of it right now. Now, you have not quite finished the campaign yet, right? You're still in the not. midst of no, it. I feel like I'm probably either halfway or like two thirds of the way through. Okay. So I finished it up just yesterday and i thought it was such a wild ride i thought it was great now i don't know about you but since i have not played any halo campaigns since when they first released i did not remember anything about halo i did not watch any videos of like what you need to know about halo up to infinite and so i just jumped in and started playing the game and i felt so lost for like the first two hours and then eventually you get caught back up and you can put all the context clues and it it all clicks together and in this game you do get some like kind of like flashback type stuff that kind of explains things so eventually i was able to really enjoy the story but it did make me think that i probably needed to do a little bit more homework i watched one of the videos because i did not play halo 5 and i don't know that I ever finished the campaign on Halo 4. If I did, it's been a long time and I don't remember a lot of it. So I did watch one of those primer videos, but then that's when I realized that the Halo story is very convoluted and it yeah. and it really branches out in a lot of different ways. And so even having watched that, I'm still a little bit lost from time to time. You <laughs> yeah. know, but the the gameplay is just top-notch, man. I am so impressed with Halo Infinite in both the campaign and the multiplayer game, I, if they hadn't released it so close to the end of the year, this would easily have taken Game of the Year, I, I think. Yeah. With with the other, you know, knowing what games were up for Game of the Year, there's no way that Halo Infinite doesn't win that across the board because they gave us phenomenal multiplayer, which we did do a deep dive on. We will not have the chance to do a deep dive on the campaign but when you take the two and put them together, dude, this is one of the best game releases that I can remember in in, in a few years, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's been such a great experience, both single player and multiplayer. Now, I know that there have been some technical issues. Even just yesterday, we were having trouble playing multiplayer oh, with a group of the friends. Worst. Big team battle was down and, and all kinds of stuff. Now, one thing I do need to poke fun of a little bit is that you and I both played it on Game Pass, right? Oh, yeah. Now, how did you feel about the install procedure to get the campaign installed? (laughs) It was so confusing. And I still double-click my Steam icon for Halo, and it launches, and I click campaign, and it says, you don't have the campaign. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Alt F4, open my Xbox app, click to launch Infinite. But, oh, man, like this game had to download 
so many times. It was it was so funny. I was confused as to how many times Halo Infinite was going to be installed on my computer because yeah. we did pick it up on Steam to play the multiplayer. Uh, Steam is my preferred platform. I just like having all my things in one spot. But then you can get the Halo Infinite campaign for a dollar if you don't have Game Pass already for three months. That's the deal of the century. And so I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do. But then I go to download just the campaign and it's like, you can't download that without downloading multiplayer. And I'm like, but I already have multiplayer. But then I realized, oh, wait, it doesn't know I have multiplayer because I have it on Steam. Right. And then, yeah. So I now have two (laughs) copies of Halo multiplayer on my computer. Yes. (laughs) One copy of the campaign. Both of the icons are exactly the same on my desktop. So I have to move them to like opposite corners. So I I know which one's the campaign and which one's the multiplayer. Well, and, and I know that this is a unique problem because not everyone will have gone through it the same way you and I did, but the, the, the Steam version had to download a 20 gigabyte update and then you had to download everything in Xbox. But then once you launch the Xbox version and click campaign, then it says, well, now you need to download the campaign version. So it was just download after download after download. Thank goodness I've got gigabit internet because this would have taken so long to download. I would have been pretty upset if I had to just wait forever. But yeah, I mean, I once we got into the campaign, it was everything that I hoped for and more. And honestly, I think it's the grapple hook that really makes this campaign. I want to go back in time when we trolled the grapple hook because when they showed off the demo a year ago... And the gameplay footage, and everybody went, that's all we get after a 20-year wait is a grapple hook? Like, come on. Yeah. And you and I trolled it. We were like, oh, grapple hook's not going to change. Dude, the grapple hook makes this game. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid to admit when I was wrong, but I'm swinging from trees like Spider-Man. I'm grappling enemies. I'm doing all kinds of super cool stuff. Uh, multiplayer last night, I used a grapple hook like in the best way imaginable. I... You know, it was just, it was one of those things where, yes, the grapple hook genuinely makes this game. It, I don't think it would be the same without it. And that's weird to say because of how hard we trolled that back in the day. But yeah. I agree 100%. It just, the, it really makes the game incredible. Well, it was interesting that it got brought up in our Discord, and it's exactly what I did as well. I immediately put my Spartan cores into upgrading the grapple hook because I was having so much fun with it. And when you cut that cooldown to where it's only, I don't know, like four seconds, you are constantly grappling everywhere and you can have it stun your enemies. And so anytime I was fighting just the little guys, I would just grapple hook everyone, melee it in the face, melee to the next one, hit them in the face. And there's nothing more satisfying than doing that in infinite. It It was... so much fun. That is the exact right word. It is satisfying beyond belief. Even the like the fusion coils and stuff, like uh, grappling one of those to you and then chucking it in the face of like a big brute or something like that. It just yeah. it feels so good. <laughs> uh the the banished I feel like they should have cleared out some of those coils because they're everywhere. They were they chucked not? left and right. <laughs> yes, they are everywhere around the ring and in the open world. It was actually quite funny. I mean, I guess you need them to power all the technology maybe, but it is yeah, funny yeah. how many of them there really are, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. We could talk and gush on Halo Infinite campaign, you know, all day, but it it's been one of the biggest happy surprises in a game to come out in a while because we had our reservations. 
they find you know they they released the multiplayer that wound up being great. They said, "Hey, the campaign's coming a little bit later." They released the campaign every and I think it's universal, man. I have not talked to anybody yet that went, "Eh, like, like the campaign's okay." I mean, all of our old school Halo fans are loving it. People that haven't played Halo from back in the day are loving it. It's just I I don't know anybody that has said like I feel like it's just okay. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. If I had to be a little nitpicky, the only thing I would say is, especially in the last third of the game, you get a lot of go find a power seed and plug it in. And you kind of get that a lot at the end. And so that was getting a little repetitious. But other than that, the the, the combat is so fluid. And I, I really have no complaints about this game at all. It, it's rather shocking because I even read that initially they were trying to make halo such a big open world they ended up cutting i know two-thirds of it out that i can't even imagine because knowing what the game is and how good it is i I, like i want more and i haven't even beat it yet like i i was literally telling people this the other day i'm taking my time and i don't generally do a lot of the go collect and you know save the squads and blow up the propaganda towers and all that but i'm doing everything i can because I don't want to beat the game. Like, I want to be able to play <laughs> yeah. it. And that's crazy to say, but I know that if I just play the storyline, I've probably got a few more hours until I'm done. And to think that this game could have been... They compared it to Zelda, was was the article that I saw, where they said, hey, this initially was going to be as big as like the open world of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I went, please do that. <laughs> like, this <laughs> yeah. is great, and I want more. Maybe maybe we'll get that with the next installment. I don't know. But yeah, what what a blast. I ended up just kind of shotgunning the the campaign because once you beat it, you can finish everything else in the open world. So I actually got an achievement for beating it under 8 hours. So I don't know exactly how long it took, but that's the only thing is it's just a little short. It really leaves you wanting more. I'm probably still going to dabble and and 100% it, but I really just wanted to beat the campaign and try to avoid, you know, most spoilers. Um, now, I think the other big news of this week is that we had the, the 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 gaming awards. We had a lot of trailers. We had a lot of stuff released and come out here over the last week. But I think the one thing that we really need to address is the Matrix, <laughs> excuse me, the Matrix Awakens tech demo, which released on console. Yes. And I had a chance to play it. Oh, now, see, you don't have a modern console. I went searching. I did not realize initially that it was only on console. So, of course, I go to Steam and I type it in and nothing pops up. I go back to the article. I'm reading it. I had watched the video and I'm like, I want to experience this myself uh, because I have a you know high-end graphics card and all that. And that's when I realized, oh, I can't download this or play it because I don't have an Xbox Series X or a <laughs> PS5. So, but you do. Right. <clears throat> and so you got mm-hmm. to try it? I I did. And I know that you at least sought out like some video, yes, and some footage of it, right? So even though you couldn't play it, you at least wanted to experience it. I was kind of curious of your take first before I share mine, being able to see it live. Okay, so I watched the video on this. The The big thing is it's almost photorealistic. That, you know, the big hubbub for people that haven't seen it is this is the best demo for Unreal Engine 5 that has been released. It's basically almost to the point where you cannot tell that this is not real life. 
And that's a little bit of a stretch to me. I mean, maybe I just have better eyes, but the graphics are absolutely unheard of. It really, really is impressive. Now, that said, this entire demo is just a reticle on a car, and you holding down the button is what it looks like from a gameplay perspective. And it's like, this is why I love good graphics. I've always said I'm a little bit of a graphics snob, but graphics do not make a game because... (laughs) And I know this is just a demo, but I got so bored halfway through this video because it's just shooting the hoods of cars nonstop. And I kind of went, okay, like I've watched this for seven minutes now. Are you going to stop shooting hoods of cars? (laughs) All right. So, so here's the thing. When you play it live, and you see how much is going on on the screen at once. And this is on my 65 inch TV. So this is not like even on a large monitor. I mean, this is still just different on a giant TV. I will probably sound like a complete nerd. I actually got chills. Really? As soon as the tech demo launched and you see what the world looks like. And it's not just shooting the circles. You get to walk around in the open world. You can get into cars. You can drive around. So there is other stuff that you can do interacting in the world. And they give you like a little bit of a demo where you can toggle things on and off. So like, I don't know if you remember, but we also made fun of some reveals of unreal engine when they kept talking about how many triangles could be on the screen. Yeah. Well, they let you toggle that and you can see, I mean this, I've never seen draw distance and detail like what's going on in this game. And when you toggle that and you can see all the triangles, I kind of understood like why that's so important because you can just program 10 million things going on at once and it feels alive. It feels like you're walking around in the real world. The fact that this is just the first tech demo, we're not seeing anything that's finalized or polished. I cannot wait to see what they're able to do with it because I thought it was absolutely incredible. I don't think I have felt this way since the first time I saw a DVD dem- demoed at Fry's wow. Electronics. I'm going to have to come was... over and check this out then. Because like I said, I just yeah. watched the little demo on my, you know, I'm sure it was compressed video, you know, on a on a gaming website. I, you know, I skipped the intro with Keanu talking and stuff like that, even though he's my boy. Uh, I just wanted to see, you know, what are these graphics? And so that's the part that I watched was the card part where they're just shooting the hoods on the car. But I, I might have to come over and actually check this out if it's that impressive in person, because I feel like I missed out on that part of it. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty incredible. Um, And how fitting that of any like IP or any game that you could do a tech demo of of this, that it's the matrix where the whole thing is like, what's real, what's fake, what's computer generated, what's in real life. And the fact that a lot of it does look awfully realistic. There's still some things with motion where you can absolutely tell, okay, that's a video game, not a person. Even when you see like Carrie Ann Moss talking, there's still just something about facial movement that isn't quite there yet. But at least in terms of like car crashes and being able to see so much life in the big city, that stuff just really gets nailed perfectly. And so it runs I, well. So like, excited. see, that's my other concern is you can you can make movies, you know, that are much better. I mean, let's let's be honest. Cutscenes in video games have always looked better than the gameplay, right? Like that's why they have them. That's kind of what they showcase initially. But to get that sort of graphical fidelity into gameplay is a completely different beast. And so that's why I want to see 
what they can do with Unreal Engine 5 in a sense of actual gameplay, how good can you make that look at that point? And I know that they have some gameplay elements, and I didn't realize that you could walk around and get in cars and stuff like that. But I'm very curious to see how this translates to a full-fledged game. What kind of graphics card are you going to need? Like, Do we have the technology currently to be able to play a full game in Unreal Engine 5 and have it look that way? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of imagine probably at least oh, in some capacity, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, when I see what the game is rendering, and granted, you're just scrolling between targets and holding shoot, you know, so you're not you know moving that reticle around. But yeah, it's 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 awesome, just like steam and smoke and particles flying everywhere. And since it is the Matrix, if you run over a pedestrian, they kind of just like crumble into like green data. And stuff like that. So it's I, I I can't wait to see where it goes. If this is the starting point, I think this is going to be a really neat next. Yeah, chapter. because they will learn how to soak more power and ability to do things out of it too. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of the yeah, thing we, with we these game engines is you know you can program and everybody tries to make it wow, but then people kind of have to learn the new engine. Yeah, but then once they do, the world just opens up at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be used for forever so you know they're gonna have plenty of time to to figure out the kinks and figure out how to make it all work um all right so that's basically what we've been playing and getting into this week i think we would be doing a disservice if we at least did not comment a little bit more about the game awards so we already talked a little bit about it takes two i think the only thing i was gonna say about the game of the year award is uh, do you think it's a travesty that resident evil village didn't win do you think it's fair that it was It Takes Two, or do you feel like Resident Evil got robbed? I think it's fair. I, I think Resident Evil Village is the better video game overall, um, but it doesn't break any ground. Like That's the thing with the Resident Evil, right? Is It's it's a great game. It's, it, they did a lot right. We, we rated it very highly when we did our deep dive episode on it, but it didn't do a lot to progress video games in any kind of sense, right? Technically, it's sound. Story-wise, it's great. Gameplay-wise, it's great. It, that's not a slam against the game at all. But I think where it takes two... One, I guess, was in its co-op approach to gameplay, and it felt much more of a throwback to the, the couch co-op genre that has sort of died out in the last decade or so while maintaining that new feel. The graphics in that game are great. Animations are incredible. It feels like you're playing a Pixar cartoon or something like that. The co-op sequences are really neat. The story is there. You know, I mean, there there is a storyline. So I feel like it was a little bit more innovative in that regard. And so I understand that that probably weighed into the decision to say, hey, we're going to make this the game of the year. I guess. I feel like everything that was in It Takes Two was already in a way out. It's just kind of like taking it to the next step. Yeah, it was polished. It was polished and presented yeah. in a better way, for sure. Like, I still prefer a way out oh, I do over too. it takes two. Yeah, I yeah. do too. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved to see Resident Evil win. I did not think it would. I, I kind of assumed it would be Deathloop. I'm glad it wasn't. Um, just, to be honest uh, with you, I'm glad it was I kind of am not. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to reward... A game that has like a great idea, but the execution's fine. You know, uh, Deathloop had some great big ideas, but it it was just so incredibly repetitive. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of the other awards. I know when I was browsing through it, I noticed that best narrative fell to Guardians of the Galaxy, yes. which you famously love. I've been saying this whole time. <laughs> Validation. That, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, and, and I, you know, unfortunately, it's taken a backseat to the Halo Infinite campaign. Uh, I will 100% go back to it. But I've been telling everybody that Guardians of the Galaxy, the the game, in a sense, is better than the movies. And I am a huge fan of the Marvel movies. I love just about every single one of them. And Guardians of the Galaxy ranks up there as one of my favorite Marvel movies. So, you know, I'm kind of a fanboy. And to say that this video game has a better narrative and better character interactions and story than the movies does is one of the highest like praises that I can give to that game. And it's it's so under the radar. Like people have heard of it, they know that it came out, but it's such a good game. Now the combat I think is what's holding it back a little bit because the combat is rather simple and people think, "Well, I just want to fight and blow things up." And you can do that, but the combat takes a backseat to the character interactions and the story in this game. And I think that's why it's probably not more mainstream at this point. But yeah. it does a phenomenal job. To, so to see that it won Game of the Year for Best Narrative, I think is a huge nod and a proper nod to how good the story and the characters are in that game. Part of me just can't help but think that the Avengers game Ruined just it. failed so spectacularly yes. that everyone just kind of wrote off the next MCU game. That is exactly what happened. I have never played the Avengers game because everybody that's played it has said, hey, it's super fun for a little bit, and then it's just terrible. That You can tell it's copy and paste. They ran out of content, and they tried to just extend the life of this game in the worst way possible. And 100%, I think that's exactly what people assume with Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out, or that this is just another... You know, game that's trying to cash in on the franchise and the popularity of something. And so I feel like they're genuinely missing out. I have kind of championed this game because it's a very good game. And I feel bad that it's being lumped in with Avengers, which is terrible. So, you know, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm trying to stick up for the underdog in this one, but it's way better than you think it is. Well, I'm glad it at least got recognized here with the Best Narrative Award. I I think while browsing through it, the only other thing that really stuck out to me was Best Performance. So the winner ended up being Maggie Robertson, who plays Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village. I really thought for all the shade we threw at Deathloop, I thought that the voice actors for Colt and Juliana were both amazing. They really were. And I... I can't help but think maybe they split the vote a little bit because honestly, I would have given it to either one of them. And I, I, I feel a little bit sad that they both lost. I, I get because how do you give it to one over the other? If they had grouped them together, I think they would have won hands down. Now, the thing is, Lady Demetresk, I don't rem- I mean, yes, she talks and stuff, but did she have some incredibly amazing performance? Because it's not standing out in my mind. Only a little bit. Like, you see when you're, like, hanging outside her window, and she kind of, like, throws a fit, and then, like... So there's some, like, over-the-top voice acting every once in a while, but I felt like with Colt and Juliana, you got so much personality. Yes. There's, like, a lot of punch in, like, a small package. That's how it felt. Like, even the very short conversations, I learned so much about both characters. I don't think I would say that about any of the other nominees, 
Um, certainly not Lady Dimitrescu. So I, I don't know. I kind of felt like maybe Deathloop got the short end of the stick there. I, I do agree. I think the banter between Colt and Juliana was one of the better parts of Deathloop. And so it is a little strange. And I, I, I'm 100% with you. I think that it's because they nominated both that they couldn't pick one. Yeah, I, I think that has to have been yeah. what happened. Uh, any other thoughts on the Game Awards? Anything else that kind of stuck out for you? I, I'm going to go back to just sounding grumpy and saying that this was such a down year for gaming, in my opinion. I, that is not to say that I, there have not been some great games that have come out this year. I mean, there have been. I, I mean, you know, we've been doing a podcast for the last year on them. I just feel like there's not any major heavy hitters that were just a shoe in you know, or in years past where you have four heavy hitters and it's like, which one of these is going to win? Like, this is going to be a big competition. I'm really looking forward to 2022 for gaming. 2021 was a little bit of a down year when it comes to gaming, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was definitely a down year. And then we are going to be doing a 2021 recap episode and we're going to be talking all about like what we thought the best game of 2021 was. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what was most overrated. I think we'll just kind of come up with some of our own categories. Yeah. And I think for some of those, uh, we might have some repeat winners. Because I think there were a couple of games at the top that worked really, really well. And I think there were an awful lot of disappointments. But even just remembering that Valheim came out in 2021 feels... Like it came out last year. Right, yes. So there, 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 there were definitely some gems, but they were very sparse throughout the year. Or they're unfinished, uncut gems, so to speak. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you, you know, it's Work there. in progress. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's there. You know, it's going to ultimately be great, but it's just not quite done yet. And so they can't say, hey, here's this amazing gem because they're still working on it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think the last thing we were going to talk about here today before closing out the episode is that I ran across an article that really made me do like a double take. (laughs) So I was scrolling through and I see an article on Eurogamer that says that Forspoken, which we've talked about on the show, we've, we've been very impressed by the, the trailers that it's going to be listed on Steam for 65 pounds. Now, right away, I thought, okay, well, I know that's high. Okay, Josh and I are, are American. I'm going to have to go convert this. I figured that was maybe like $70. Yeah, like I was a PlayStation like, okay, 5 game. They've been yeah, saying, hey, 10 bucks PS5 more. games, $10 more. They're going to be 70 when they come out. People kind of go, well, yeah. okay. What's the big deal? Like, yeah, it's going to match consoles. No, I put it in to convert. 65 pounds is 86 American dollars that's right now. That's insane, man. That's a lot for a game. It's a lot. Now, this is... So to 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 kind of add and flesh out this story a little bit, this is Square Enix that is uh, publishing this game, and they are also doing the PC release for the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, Integrate or Integard or whatever they call it for the PC version, and that is going to be seventy dollars. Uh, I don't know what their the pound release is. It's high. <laughs> yeah. And so there is so much backlash that is occurring because of this price increase that we're seeing with two fairly major releases from a very well-known publisher like Square Enix. They make good games or they, they publish good games. The outcry has been just huge. So much so that uh, Epic Game Store, because... 
is it I, I don't remember if it's Final Fantasy or Forspoken that's going to be exclusive to the Epic Epic Game Store as a release for the first year. Epic Game Store removed the listing of the price because there was so much outcry for charging people <laughs> more money. That's yeah. a lot of cash, man. $86 to for a game for a AAA title after taxes is going to put you into the $90. Like we're getting to where people are you're looking at $100 for a video game. And yeah. if there's anything Which sounds crazy. If there's anything we've learned over the last couple of years, Paul, with AAA huge release titles is what uh, they often underperform yes, and underdeliver. Exa- yes, I yeah. mean, you if you if you make the promise to me where you say, "Hey, Josh, if you pay eighty six dollars for this game, but it is going to be incredible. It's going to be fully complete. We're not going to try to nickel and dime you. It won't be buggy. You're going to get a solid fifty hours of gameplay out of this thing. It's going to be one of the best games you've ever played. I would pay it." Right, eighty six dollars for fifty hours worth of entertainment makes sense to me for for my budget when it comes to gaming. Right, but the problem is, is that there have been so many huge letdowns with AAA titles in the last couple years. There's no way I'm paying eighty six dollars for one of these. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of get it. It's kind of like in the same way we've seen with movies where you don't have any middle budget cost movies everything's either like an indie title or it costs 300 million dollars to make an mcu movie video games are kind of like that also we see these games that are in development for eight years you know uh, every time rockstar comes out with a new game like red dead redemption was the most expensive game of all time then red dead redemption 2 was the most expensive game of all time I kind of get it. Like these games are costing hundreds of millions of dollars. They have to recoup those fees. I I, I get it. We're going to have to see prices go up with inflation and everything else. But ha- growing up when new games used to be $39.99, thinking that after tax, these games are going to be like in the $96, $97 range is very hard to swallow, yes. even if it logically, mathematically makes sense. Like once we hit triple digits... That's going to be like a really big mental block for me to pay for a game. Do you know what the the whole issue there is? Is it's if you want to play it when it releases. Because guess what happens to video games after they've been out for three months or six months? Is they go way down in price. Yeah. But you, everybody's got to play the new hotness, right? Like that's the big thing as a gamer is the game just released. Ooh, I, I have to play this game, right? So much so that we've started giving them our money up front with pre-orders. And we don't even know what we're getting at that point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if if you're willing to wait, guess what? Well, you can get this game for a really, really good price at that point. I'm getting to the point where, you know, sans this podcast, I'm, I think I'm getting where I'm willing to wait for a game. I'll wait for reviews. I'll wait for the price to come down a little bit. There's a ton of really good indie developers and games that have surprised us and a lot of other people. You know, I think we're starting to see that shift a little bit. The one thing is, if I'm going to pay $86 for a game, it better be done. Yeah. <laughs> it better be well-polished. It better work right. And preferably not having 45 gigabyte day one patches. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
All right. Well, that's all that we have here today for this week in gaming. So Josh and I will not be releasing any new episodes here for the next two weeks. So we are going to be re-releasing some of our favorite episodes. We are going to release deep dive episodes on Monday and some of our favorite bonus round episodes on Thursdays. And so Josh and I will have those two weeks off and then we will be back with our full regular content starting in January. And we're going to kick off the year with doing a couple of episodes. We're going to look back at 2021 and then in a separate episode we will also talk about what we are most anticipating in 2022 gaming and those are some of my favorite episodes i can't wait until we are able to come back and talk about those things and i think that's it for today right josh that is it we did intro uh we did record some intros to these episodes that are coming up um if you haven't heard them there's a reason that we picked these episodes we think they're phenomenal games and we want to make sure that people have you know, listen to the episodes and heard what we have to say about these games as well. Uh, but they're they're just great. They're definitely worth uh, a, another listen if people have already heard them as well. And instead of the Twig episodes on Thursday, it's like you said, you get a deep dive on Monday, the the bonus round on Thursday. So you're kind of getting that nice little double up there. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys have a great holiday season and a great New Year's and. We'll be back with some new content in January. And until then, we hope you enjoy the re-releases. And that's it, buddy. That's so it. We'll, 2021 I'll, I'll, over. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll see you in two weeks, Josh. <laughs> but I I know you and I'll see each other before then. But uh have a good one, everybody. Hope you're all enjoying some great games here with hopefully some time off of work and school. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. See you everybody. <laughs>